We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Stay warm this morning. It is cold out. Today's also the day where you drive into work and, you know, maybe you don't know all your coworkers as well as uh, as others. You pull into the parking lot and you have a pretty clear uh, idea of who lives in the South Towns. Right? Josh, for instance. I saw your car this morning. It had snow on it. I was the only car in the parking lot when I got here that had snow on it. Everyone, And I was just shocked when I, I hit, like, I don't know, probably like what, like Lackawanna area where it was just like there's a light dusting and I'm coming from two feet? Yeah, there is a clear line in the sand, right, that gets drawn on those things where, like, you Lackawanna, boom, north, oh, no, nothing. I was watching the radar last night, and the band just sat over, like, Hamburg and, like, the South Towns like that. Yeah, it tends, and I was, tends to do that. I was getting flashbacks to last year. I was I was getting nervous. Yep. I, I, I've said this before. I kind of miss it. Even though, like, it, I know it's annoying and you'd rather not have it, it's like... Everyone's in it together in the South Towns, and then, like, I escaped to the North Towns, and now I just, you know, I nothing. I plug, got my plug. automatic starter on my car, and it's all warm when I get in there, and I don't have to brush anything off, and it's just, like, warm and cozy. Plus, once it's, like, over, and you're, like, cleaned up, and the snow's just there, it's nice. Like, you are you have, like, you know, a decent amount of snow. It's not unmanageable. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, once it's cleaned up, you have, like, a nice picturesque, like, Christmas time. Yep. I will say it is starting to snow here a little bit now. That might be more like, does it look worse than it is, though, because of the wind? Like, get some flurries that's and how it. That's how it started yesterday, though. Yeah. Like, I got home, and I was like, oh, it's it's just blowing around. And then 20 minutes later, I'm, oh, I got to get outside and start yep. shoveling. All right. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. Jody Biasi, Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio off for the rest of the week. He'll be back on Monday as the Bills are into their bye week. And we're still reacting, though, here uh, to the loss to Philadelphia on Sunday that is just so frustrating that it's had our it's had our phone lines full um, up until this moment, where, by the way, we have a bunch of empty ones. So if you want to get in, just me and you today, Extra Point Show, 803-0550 is the phone number. Right now is zero-minute wait time. If you want to call in and complain about the coach or – Something else that's on your mind, maybe the roster build. That's something that I had somebody point out to me yesterday that, you know, as much as much blame as McDermott is getting right now, how come Brandon Bean's not getting any of it? And I'm not willing to say he hasn't gotten any of it. You've heard it here and there a little bit. Flaws on the roster, whether that's, I mean, it's mostly wide receiver, isn't it? It's mostly that Gabe Davis had a great game on Sunday, but the guy's going every other, right? Every other game. 
He has a good game, and then he has zero. And then he has another good game, and then it's zero. So he had another good game on Sunday, so if the trend continues, then Gabe Davis will have zero coming back against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, to be fair, he usually plays well against the Chiefs. We all know, you know, 13 seconds. But the receiver position is one. I Man, like, being as old as they are on defense, is that a flaw that could have been prevented? I mean... I, this is tough to say now because hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know the GM is paid to predict these things. The GM is paid to get out ahead of things, so he pays Jordan Poyer two years. And what's the reaction? Well, we were all kind of setting up mentally as though Poyer was going to sign elsewhere. They didn't have the money to pay him, and he's still a great safety, and he'll find a home, right? So we were all mentally preparing for life without Jordan Poyer. The Bills signed him, and it was, I mean, no, the, it was the Bean sunglasses picture, right? Nobody would have questioned that. And again, part of that can be a reason why you, it's hard to criticize that move, but the GM is paid to predict things, to project out. And he signed up for another year, two more years, where they're really old in the secondary. They're really old at safety. You've got Hyde coming back off a major neck injury. Yeah, let's sign up for another year of 30, or two years of 32-year-old Jordan Poyer. Sure. And what's happened? They look pretty old back there. They're not terrible. I don't think they are, you know, sinkholes back there, giving up giant plays over the top. Although, that catch by Olamide Zacchaeus, guys that, a guy that everyone in Philadelphia and Buffalo collectively Googled, uh, on Sunday, after he caught that touchdown, you can't let that touchdown happen. Those two individuals, Poyer and Hyde, are in the area. You cannot let that play happen. Someone's got to do something. Hyde's either got to you know, hit the ball out of the way. That's problem number one. And Poyer, you know what? The ball's in his hands, but it's a little bit loose there. you got to punch that ball out. And they didn't do it. So, you know... There's some moves I guess you could look at for Bean and criticize. Elam is the one you'd go back to last year and poke at. But, you know, I just wanted to mention that more than really key in on it, really focus on it, because it it is more, it's much more than the roster. I mean, it is it is time to start looking at the coach. And that is happening. That has happened since postgame on Sunday whether it's us on the air or whether it's callers or whether it's social media, there is now a microscope on the head coach. bigger, A larger microscope than we've, than we've had up until this point because now we actually start to wonder what it would take, what is the line in the sand for the organization in which they would actually think about doing something. And I'm still one that thinks we're pretty far away from that, but... The question I don't know the answer to, and I don't even feel like I have a good guess to, is if they miss the playoffs, would they do it? Because I don't feel like they're not going to do it now. They're not. No way, no how did I ever think they were going to do it during this bye week. No chance, especially when there's nobody, there's nobody on staff. I think you're just ready to kick up the head coach, right? Like, what are they going to make Aaron Cromer the head coach? They can pull Leslie Frazier out of retirement and have him coach the rest of the season. And how much better am I supposed supposed to think that's going to go anyway? I guess it couldn't go much worse. 
But after the year, if they if they miss, which is an 85% chance right now to happen, that's the question I don't feel like I have a good guess to. So where are you at? We kind of are only playing one note when it comes to Sean McDermott. Does anyone out there want to defend McDermott and the idea that he should keep going? I mean, that I know that that person is out there. Um, I don't want to sound completely like an echo chamber, but I think the fact that we kind of do points to the mood and the vibe of the fan base that fans are have had it up to here with the coach. And it seems like a lot of people agree with that. 803 is the phone number. Let's get connected with our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online, NorthtownKia.com. Go to start things off with John and Chitawaga. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Yeah, great show. I was going to say, uh, I think whenever they do uh, get rid of McDermott, which I, I think it's inevitable, maybe not after the season, but eventually, it's going to be tough on Bean personally because they have such a good relationship, which is rare. Usually they don't even know each other when a coach and general manager are uh, – United, and uh, we were very lucky in the 90s that uh, Marv and Polian got along very well. I never heard one bad word between the two of them, even after Marv, you know, left. And uh, I, I, I think even to this day they would say nice things about each other, and that's rare, you know. We might have that situation in Seattle with uh, Pete Carroll and uh, John Schneider, the GM, because they did get the two consecutive mm-hmm. Super Bowls, and they're still a good team, but. It's going to be tough, and I I think McDermott will handle it, but he might have to go back because I'm sure he wants to continue coaching. He might have to be a uh, defensive coordinator for a couple of years in in hopes of getting another job as a head coach somewhere else. Thank, thanks, John, for the call. I, I On that last point, I don't think that's true. I think McDermott would get scooped up in a, in a heartbeat by somebody. Um, I, I do. I mean, the record is what it is. I tend to think... The record is a little skewed when it comes to evaluating the position because, and I don't want to not give him any credit for it, I want to give him some, that they landed on Josh Allen. I mean, he's a part of that, a big part of that, that they got to Josh Allen. But once you get to Josh Allen, okay, now let's look at the record. Let's compare it. There's way too much of this happening. Any conversation about McDermott that starts with let's compare him to the coaches that came before, you're you're doing it wrong. That's not the bar. That's not the bar. It's a different realm they're living in. And McDermott has built that, but he has to live up to the his own standard that he has set. He has rebuilt the standard of this team. Okay, well, the standard now is what it is. So if you're not meeting it, yeah, I know, it's, it's tough, right? It stinks that... You're, I, I'm the one who set the standard, but I, I, I'm going to get blamed when I don't reach it? Well, yeah, that's that's the point of having a standard. That's the whole point. You compare him to Rex or Jerron or um, Perry Fuel, B- D- Malarkey. All right. Those guys didn't have Josh Allen. And if I want to play the what-if game, if you gave Rex Ryan Josh Allen, I, I'm not sure, I don't think his record would be as good as it is, is McDermott's, but they would have made the playoffs. It would be a lot better than it was under those coaches before. You just don't know. you got to try to evaluate within the new world of you've got a franchise quarterback. So just the record, I mean, that's not, Mike McCarthy had a great record in Green Bay, and 
I couldn't believe he lasted as long as he did there. The guy was never a great head coach. He had the record that it was because of Aaron Rodgers. And then, very smartly, he goes to Dallas. He's going to go down as one of the greatest records in NFL history. And it's more so because he got to Aaron Rodgers, and then he made a really keen decision in getting to Dak Prescott in the Cowboys offense after. But what happens, like, with McCarthy? Or like with McDermott sometimes? What happens with McCarthy in Dallas? Why don't you trust Dallas to go all the way to the Super Bowl? Because that guy blows it in late-game situations. McDermott, I don't even feel like it's to the same level. I know 13 seconds. But McCarthy does it all the time. But the record, but the record. The record can't be all of it. And to the caller's point about the GM coach part of it, sure, that's right. But it's also not Bean's choice. If there's anyone out there that thinks Bean is the one that would fire McDermott or makes that call, I, I don't... I, the way I understand it, that's not the situation. It would have to come from ownership. If we're just wondering about the way it would work, if it did happen someday down the line, um, and that's not—I don't know that, but that's just you know—that's the—that's the feeling you get. You hear things. Um, yeah, I don't—I don't think Bean would be the one doing it. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Let's go to Guy Gee Tanawanda. What are we going with? Gee? Gets Guy. Gets Guy. Just making sure. You never know. There could be some French, uh, French Canadian guys calling up. I am not French. I am not French Canadian. Thank you very much. Um, So, I I want this to sound intelligent at the best of my ability. There's three areas. I mean, in any organization, in, in any kind of situation, there's three things you have to look at, right? And this ties into a fourth thing mindset, skills, or behaviors. It's one of those three areas. Now, I believe we have skill on this team, right? I mean, I don't think you can deny that we have a sure. level of skill on this team. Yep. Um, I, I'm not sure about where the mindset is right now. I'm guessing people are really questioning that all across the organization. Um, behavior could be tied into how it's being presented to the team, and that falls on the head coach. But if we don't if they don't start looking for the root cause of whatever this is, in my opinion, they're never going to be able to fix it. You got to find the root cause. What's the root cause? Is it, is it, is it Sean? I mean, we saw, we saw a result when we changed OCs. Hmm. Now you're seeing a different result. Josh seems to have a better attitude. The offense seems to be playing at at a better level. All right, but we're still we're still where we are, right? The Bills are still where they're at. So I mean, I I really we've I've been in sales for years, and and I've been through management trainings for years, and it, it always starts with the manager. You listen to any any top sales trainer, any top management trainer, they're going to say it's the manager. There's a problem. It's the manager. You don't hire bad people. People, you don't go out and hire bad people. We hire the best people we can hire. At the time Sean McDermott was brought in, it was the exact right time. We needed what he brought. Yep. The team needed a mindset change. They, you know, there had to be a different mindset. I think he did that. I'm wondering if the message is sour or the message needs to be changed. Again, in my opinion, it's the manager. Well, you can fix a manager. You can do it. You can fix a manager if they're open to being coached. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Hey, back- let me let me. I gotta let you go, guy. I want to get some other callers here. Thank thank you though, because you do bring up a point that makes me think about. You, you said the words 
he was right for what they needed at the time. And that's right. And that's why like you have two stages of McDermott here. Stage one, he comes in seven years ago, remember. This is a long time ago now. And they were a joke. Rex Ryan is eating dog biscuits on the stand, uh, on, on the podium. And just no respectability, right? They're trading for running backs because so let's do that. That's cool. They're a 17-game playoff drought. They're not, they're not a serious team in the NFL. They're hardly an NFL team at that point. So what did McDermott, what was the job for McDermott? Job one for McDermott was, let's, let's get respect back. Let's remind the league that we are an NFL team. We are in the National Football League. That was the job. Break the playoff drought, reestablish any sort of credibility. Build your culture because that's going to be part of the thing that gets you back on track. Okay, well now you're then you're back on track. You've done it. You've built your culture and you've made your playoffs, you've you've broke the drought, you've found your quarterback, you have reestablished the Buffalo Bills as being in the National Football League. They are a credible, respected organization in the league again. Okay. Job 1 is done. Over. Job 1 is over. How long ago was that? 4 years ago? 3 years ago minimum. Okay, now it's time for job two. Job two is go win the Super Bowl. And when you start to reevaluate what job two is, it is a lot more evaluation about game management and X's and O's and the quality that you're seeing given the standard is already so high. You're no longer, you're not, you're not the drought bills anymore. There is no comparing them the way I see it to what used to be. You're now comparing them to what their new standard is. Their new standard is the Super Bowl. It's not about just get credibility and break the playoff drought. No, that was done. You're, you've already done that. You don't get any more credit. You don't get any more props for doing that part of it. Because guess what? They're doing that right now. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're 6-6. Six and six. Once upon a time, that was, oh, look at the Bills. You know, they're in it. In the hunt graphic. They were that. But what's the job now? To me, all of that stuff from before doesn't matter. And I'm not even telling you that he can't win the Super Bowl because of some fatal flaw, although, you know, that's a a case study that is strengthening by the day. But what I'm saying is he's not – he doesn't get a – you can't think the coach gets a lifetime contract because they broke the playoff drought and became an NFL team again. I mean, come on. That can't be the bar. Let's go to Joe and Attica. Hey, Joe. How's it going, Joe? Good. So, I, is it just me, or I feel like this team is, like, about to go on a run and just run the table the rest of the way. I feel like the offense has completely righted the ship in, you know, a, a 50 or 60-yard field goal in the rain is is the difference between them winning and losing against probably the best team in the league. I mean, I got to think that if this team gets in, you got seven other teams or six other teams in the AFC that are, do not want to play this team. I mean, it's just I'm I'm seeing the positive here in this, and I, and I think that they're 
they're primed to you know run the table the rest of the way and finish eleven and six. I mean, I'm not saying what Howard says. Yeah, no, I mean Howard picked them what nine and eight. I, I don't think it's impossible. I mean, yeah. Jeremy earlier in the week wanted to bet me that they would run the table. I'm not necessarily saying they'll run the table, but I didn't want to make that bet that they wouldn't do it. This is the best that the team has looked in probably two years on offense. It, I, just, I just think at this point they just need to outscore the teams that they're playing. And <laughs> I mean, obviously uh, they need to outscore the teams that they're playing, but the way the offense is playing, who's, who's going to hang with them? Yeah, thanks, Joe, for the call. I mean, th- to be fair, though, like that was part of the challenge of this part of the schedule. Even if your offense gets right, you're going to have to play a shootout, and you might lose it. And that's what happened on Sunday, isn't it? Like, I, I don't think you're wrong. Like, In fact, I think they're going to beat Kansas City. I do. Because you're right. Their offense, two games now under Joe Brady, looks great. Um, and that offensive performance, I think, beats Kansas City. This This Chiefs team, I think it beats them nine times out of ten. This Chiefs team is not the same offensively. They're not doing what the Bills have done. Um, I know they played a, a better game against the Raiders here lately, but they still only scored 30 points three times on the year, and their receivers stink. So I think they beat Kansas City. I But this is why I'm I'm very hesitant to ride with you on, oh, they're, they're real capable of winning out. I think they could have the game they had Sunday and lose to the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a better football team than the Eagles are. I know the Eagles won that game, but I think the Cowboys are a better football team. And that game's at home, so that helps you out a little bit more, too. And you're probably not going to get that performance from the officiating that you had on Sunday. But I wouldn't just assume, oh, they'll look like... If you look like that on offense the rest of the year, they'll go undefeated. Well, I don't know about that. The Chiefs could, even though I wouldn't pick them to do it. And the Cowboys, I think, will keep up. And you never know what the Chargers... I mean, they're Jekyll and Hyde. They, you never know what version of the Chargers will show up. They, they Hey, they, they played the Lions 41-38 couple weeks ago so I wouldn't just assume it but let me put it this way because I think we're splitting hairs anyway Joe let's say they have that this this offense they've had in the last two weeks that's what we're going to see every game the rest of the way I wouldn't pick them to go undefeated but I would pick them to make the playoffs I might pick only one loss 8030550 is the phone number. If you are on hold, stay there. We'll get to you right when we come back. Uh, so a five-minute wait time, and then we'll keep rolling through some calls on McDermott, the state that we're in with the Bills and the head coach. Um, I got a devious poll that I want to read the results for uh, coming up too. Jody Biasi, it's the Extra Point Show here on WGR. You know, when the guys like Cowherd and Nick Wright and whoever – your TV talking heads start sounding like they're making sense. You know things aren't going well because <laughs> that's starting. That right? Doesn't that doesn't that sound right? Doesn't that sound right? Yeah, they ask Allen to be the identity. Allen to be just save us. To be fair, they didn't give him the chance to though. They made him kneel out the twenty seconds. Right. Well, before that, but no, you're right. Then the kneel down. They didn't even ask. They didn't even let him. 8030550 is the phone number. Let's go to who do you want to go to next? Sean and Tanawanda. Hey Sean. How's it going? Um thanks for taking my call today. Um this is more of like a, a what if and I really don't like going here, but um it's a possibility. Uh maybe I'm I'm thinking maybe McDermott has too much on his plate. Um I was 
kind of hoping that at the end of the season, if things do change, I, I really don't think McDermott's job is, is on the line this year. Um, it's too soon at the, after the extension. He's done too much for the organization. I think Pagula gives him at least one more season. But perhaps we he hands over the play-calling duties to someone like Bobby Babich, um, who's transformed our safeties, turned Micah Hyde and Poyer into what they were um, last year, and uh, has transformed our linebacker core into what it is this year. Um, I, I just think that would be a really good move to promote from within. Um, just wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts on that might be. Yeah, thanks for thanks for the call, Sean. Um, I mean, Al Holcomb maybe would be the name for it, but uh, defensive coordinator. I think they'll do it. I mean, they'll do it after the season. I don't know if they'll promote from within. I think they probably go out of out of the building because here here's the thing: if they were confident someone was just ready to go, step up and be the defensive coordinator, why wouldn't they have done it? That would be my question. So. I don't know. I think I think they'll add a defensive coordinator and maybe McDermott will still call plays after the year. I I man, the play calling We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Stuff, I go back and forth because there have been times this year where I feel like McDermott has done a masterful job. I mean, Miami is definitely that. And Cincinnati, in the second half, I mean, they made adjustments in that game that held them to three points in the second half. And we're getting Cincinnati off the field. But then there's the zero blitz against the, the Broncos. And I don't know what to do with that. Like, why why are we blitzing the Broncos? When the only thing they were doing well on defense was get a four-man pressure. And this past week, why are we playing off coverage? Why are the Bills playing off coverage in the fourth quarter and overtime, gifting the Eagles seven yards whenever they wanted it? I I don't know. I don't get it. Let's go to Jim and Wilson. Hey, Jim. Hey, good morning, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a quick point to make. I had called you and Jeremy on, I don't know, whatever day we were doing a pregame show, and I had mentioned about the coach not always using analytics but going with their gut. And sometimes when you get a chance to talk on radio, you say things and they don't come out exactly the way you mean them. And what I meant by that, because you guys kind of tore it up pretty good, and I understood the point. What I was trying to get at, and it goes back to the kneel down point, you have to say as a coach, analytics might say the safest thing is to kneel down and not give up an interception, not give up a turnover. That's the safe way. But as a coach, you have to say, what is my team, what does my quarterback need at this moment? And Josh Allen has been getting kicked in the teeth everywhere because of the interceptions. If every social media and, and, and the talking heads and the – Everything is Josh Allen and turnovers, led the league in turnovers since whatever. It's, it's just you're hammering in this guy. And that's a moment where you can say, Josh, I believe in you. Go go be Josh. Mm-hmm. And if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But you, you're showing your team, you're showing your, your main guy, 
I believe in you. And instead, you send a message of, I don't trust you, Josh. Let's kneel it down and go in. And, and I, that's what I was trying to get at with the gut feeling. I'm not saying override analytics all the time, but I'm saying there comes a time in a game where you have to say, what does my team need now? Then whatever the numbers say, what what is best for my guy, my team? But and I what... think that was a moment he could have said to Josh, Josh, I believe in you. We believe in you. Let's go get three points out of this. You, and you, he didn't do it. He blew it. You know, though, the numbers supported going for the, the field goal there, right? No, no, I'm talking about when he kneeled down for 20 seconds. Yeah, that, that's what and, I mean. Uh, yeah, they, they were... They were 56% to win the game by the win probability stuff. They were 56% to win the game before Allen kneeled the ball down. Then he kneeled the ball down, and we were going overtime. So now it's 50-50. So basically they 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 lit 6% chance on fire just to, just to kneel the ball. So like the numbers would support okay. going for it too. But. Okay, you younger guys are better at the numbers. I'm not very good at the numbers. No, no, you're good. All, all I'm saying is it would be aligned with what you're thinking. That's it. Yeah, my, my point is that that was your moment. That was your coaching moment to tell your guy, I believe in you. And if it goes south, it goes south and you say, you know what? Josh needed that. It didn't work out. It hurt us. But yeah. I, I just think that was a moment. Because even Allen now, he's, he accounts for 440 out of 505 yards of offense. And what are they talking about? I still threw a bad interception. Still threw a bad pick. And that's not you guys. That's a, the, more the national stuff that you see on whether it's Cowherd or Rich Eisen or whatever. And, I mean, this is what this guy is seeing. And they always say they don't watch that stuff, but I believe they do. They're human beings. They have to see that. And, and Josh is saying, what, what more can I do? I've got 440 out of 500 yards, and everybody's focusing on the one bad play that I did, which he's going to do if you let him be Josh Allen. He's going to make that uh-oh play, but he's also going to give you 350 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, thank, yeah thank, thanks, Jim, for the call. i got to move on to some other callers, but I, I do think listening to you talk about that is that McDermott, I, I think McDermott might constantly struggle with who his quarterback is. Not to say, don't take that too far to think he wants a different one or is, you know, retroactively wishes he could change who he picked. I'm not saying that at all. He, he loves Allen, and I don't think he would do anything differently and won't do anything differently from here on. Um, but... I bet you every dollar I have that it he internally struggles with the quarterback because he will show you his hand, that he will lean conservative, and his quarterback is a maniac. <laughs> right, you kind of, Allen will make some oopsies. Okay, I know that. Jim knows that. Jim from Wilson knows that. 95% of Bills fans know that. Does the coaching staff act like they know that? They don't. They don't act like they know that. Because constantly we're hearing about and seeing actions that would point to, no, they're still trying to eliminate it from his game. And listen, we're into year six. Do I even have the math right? Is it year five or six? Rookie year, 2019, 20, 21, 22, 23. So year six. We're into year six, and he still will make a play like that once in a while. It probably means he's always going to make a play like that once in a while. So you got to live with it. you got to take the good with the bad, because there's so much more good than bad, especially when he's playing like that. And again, to the point about the numbers, 
Yeah, they lit six percent win probability points on fire by kneeling the ball. And listen, that would be labeled as playing it safe, kneeling the ball. Why is why is that called playing it safe? Isn't playing it safe going for three points and trying to win the game there? The odds would tell you that that's safer. Why is, hey, you know what? Let's gamble on the coin toss. Let's do that. Why is that not risky? Why is that not considered risky? Why is kneeling it not labeled as risky? Because by definition, it's way it's more risky than going for the field goal. We're gambling on the coin toss. That's safer? That's safe? That's not safe. That's more of a commentary on the whole football world and just sometimes we put these labels on things that just they're not even right. The the one the one that always frustrates me even more than that one. And I know now I'm getting off a tangent. I'll get back to calls in a second. The one that frustrates me even more than the one about like risk versus what's what's risky, what's safe is when we're talking about fourth downs and okay, you want to go for it on fourth down at midfield and when you punt, that's labeled as, well, I want to trust my defense. What? True trust of your defense is, I trust my defense, is not going to let them score on a short field. True trust. What do you do when you trust somebody? Say, at work, you have a coworker that you, or a subordinate of your boss or your boss, whatever. You have a co- coworker at work that you thoroughly trust. You trust them with every fiber of your being. Okay, and then you have another coworker that you don't trust. Who are you going to put in the more challenging situation? The guy you trust. So, if you trust your defense, the logic would be, I'm willing to put them in more challenging situations. If I don't trust my defense, I feel like, well, I better give them 90 yards to defend because... I give them nine times to try to stop them on the th- on uh, three downs because if I ask them to do it one time, they're not going to do it. I just again off on a tangent. Let's get back to the phones. Go to Greg in Rochester. Hey, Greg. Hey, Joe. You know, I called in the beginning of the season when they gave uh, McDermott uh, an extension, and I'm like, well, this is his big year. Why would you go early if he falls flat on his face? It's going to make it hard to get rid of him. And what happens? I mean, it's obvious. He got a, he's got a stale campaign slogan: trust the process. That's laughable now. Nobody trusts it. When he called that second time or that first time out, because they had two at the end of the game, and you see Diggs on the telecast with his arms out saying, why? Why? Because he knew he was going to kneel it after that. He knew he wasn't giving him a chance. He don't trust the process. Ridiculous. This guy, he, um, you know, I called in after the, the Bengals game. I mean, you got into it a little bit because I'm done with him. I'm done with McDermott. Love the guy for what he did. But I, going forward, he doesn't, he doesn't have it. You know, you say, oh, his defense did grit. They blow it at the end of the game, and they and they look incompetent doing. They blitz at the wrong time. They play off. When the game's on the line, I knew they were going down a kick in the field goal to tie it. And I knew if, they, if we didn't score the touchdown, they're going down to score because it always happens with his defense. He, he don't know. He gets nervous and, and plays so conservative that it, he just gives it away. It looks easy every single time. The, the defense could play great for three quarters. When it matters, McDermott's defense is trashed. And that goes to show in, like, what is it, six overtime games and countless mm-hmm. other end of regular season games, he can't win them. It's time to move on. And the problem is if they stick with him, he's going to want to rebuild his old defense instead of putting assets into the offense. We need an offensive mind. He self-consciously gets us into these games because he wants his defense to win. After the Giants game, he looked giddy. 
He loves the Giants game. Oh, we won on the last play against a bottom feeder because the defense, you know, sealed the game. That's how he wants the games to end. Whether he knows it or not, he's self-conscious, and he puts us in that situation over and over again. They've got to make a move. I love him. And if, he, and if he got fired and you said, oh, he'd get another coaching job, I'm not so sure. But if he did, it wouldn't be to any contender, anybody that anybody has any oomph behind of doing anything. It would be to reorganize a complete dumpster fire because he's good at that. But that's all he's good at. It's got to change. You can't, we are, we're turning into the Chargers. We're wasting Josh Allen. <laughs> he's going to lead the league in touchdowns by a large margin, and we're going to have a defense that has the most sacks and interceptions, and we're going to be 500. It's all McDermott. It's time to change. Thanks for the call, Greg. Yeah, Chargers East is something I've heard recently. And, by the way, on the coaching thing, of, he, he wouldn't get scooped up by a contender. That's because contenders generally don't fire coaches, right? Typically. So there are more openings available with your Carolinas of the world. Um, that's, that's, that, there, that is something that I'm hearing a lot from fans right now. That is... Anger, anguish. This is why I put the poll up this morning before we take a timeout and then we'll get to more of your phone calls. I put a poll up this morning that, yeah, it's devious by nature. But I was just curious to see what the result would be. The poll I put up at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter. If you knew McDermott would be fired, if the Bills missed the playoffs, which result would you pick? Making the playoffs or missing the playoffs? Knowing that if I miss... He's gone. 41% are saying no. Miss it. Excuse me. 41% are saying, if it means McDermott's gone, I will sacrifice the season. I know that's not the majority, but thirty it's 3,400 votes. 41%. I mean, we're talking about 12, almost 1,300 people. More than that. More than that, actually. Um, it's a lot. Feels like a lot are in a bad place with the state of the team and most notably the state of the coaching staff. Thanks for the call. 803 if you're on hold. We'll keep rolling through when we come back. Jody Biasi, Extra Point Show. This is WGR. B-Caller 5 to win a Miller Lite and Buffalo Bills ugly Christmas sweater with a matching winter hat. Courtesy of Miller Lite. Miller Lite, proud partner of the Buffalo Bills. It's Miller time. Must be 21 years or older to win. I've got some pretty incredible one-score game stats for you uh, coming up in the next segment. Um, I want to compare them to the Chiefs and... There's a massive, massive difference in the last four years between these two teams. Is it all luck? I don't know. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's go back to the phones, get connected with our fans, and go to Rick in North Tonawanda. Hey, Rick. Rick, you there? No, Rick. All right, let's go to Frank in Woodstock. Hey, Frank. Hey, how you doing, guys? Great show. Listen to you all the time. When are we going to start putting some of this blame on the players? Penalties, drop passes, fumbles. I mean, come on, it can't always be the coaches. I think McDermott's done a good job. Okay, he is a little conservative come the fourth quarter. But sometimes you got to look at the players. I mean, they do these plays, they practice every week. Ten penalties the first half, 
I think you got to start looking at the players sometimes also. Love your show. I'm going to listen to you guys, your response. But again, I think sometimes you got to put some of the uh, fault on the players. Well, which players? Yeah, who who are we who are we putting who are we putting blame on? Davis. Davis catches. He's good for a great catch about every five plays. You know, uh, I think they need another wide receiver. They keep depending on Diggs. And let's get that tight end involved a little bit more. The kid's been doing great. Let's get him involved a little bit more. Like Beasley. When Beasley was there, that was uh, Josh's short man. And they were going. They were moving. Let Josh play his game. When he plays his game, they're a top-notch team. They're a top-10 team now. They just can't get over that hump. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for the call, Frank. Um, listen, today's not the day to blame Davis, obviously. We've done plenty of that. I've done plenty of that. But he was their best weapon on Sunday. Um, and I don't expect that to repeat itself, but he was. There's not. I wouldn't say there's not blame going around on the players, but to me, if you want to blame the players, that means you're blaming Brandon Bean. That's it. Yeah, okay, the players deserve some blame. That means Brandon Bean, because he is the one that builds the roster. Um, and to me, there is more blame on the coaching part of it than there is on the roster building part of it. I don't think the roster is perfect at all, and there are a lot of holes, and they are old defensively, but I, I would not do that. Quickly, Matt on a cell phone. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Um, a couple, a couple things. Like, first, I want to know how do the Bills keep running into teams that hit the most improbable, impossible field goals to either win the game or send it to overtime against them? I mean, this is a third time where they've faced a field goal of like 58 yards or more in the last few years, where they've the kickers made it. And you watch these other games, and kickers are missing like 30 and 40 yard field goals in these situations. But against the Bills, of course, it goes in every single time. And, you know, you sit there and laugh at that. But yeah. the other point I wanted to make is the the only way I have any confidence anymore in that the Bills can win, like, an end-of-game situation is if the Bills have the ball last and there's literally under 10 seconds left to go in the game. Um, because Allen has scored time and time again under two minutes left for this team to take a lead. And every single time, it seems like, they give it back to the other team and lose the game. And the only three times last year where it happened where the Bills won in those situations were against Baltimore, Detroit, and Miami. And what happened? The Bills had the ball last and kicked the last second field goal with, like, either no time left or two seconds left on the clock against Baltimore. And so every single time we have the ball, we score under two minutes. Three times this year we've done that. Allen's gave us the lead under two minutes, and the defense pukes on itself all three times. I don't remember the only game I actually remember the defense stopping anyone uh, in that situation last year or even this year was uh, Kansas City where we got an interception on Mahomes. But, I mean, when are yeah. we going to just have a defense get a four and out? Like, we wa- I watched the Baltimore-San Diego game, and they stopped Herbert twice in those situations yeah. last time, and basically they did nothing. He got sacked. He straight got st- sacked, strip fumbled, or whatever. It's like, when are we going to get one of those plays? Um, it's just like the defense has no pass rush in, in those situations, and nobody's covering anyone tight. They're wide open. And I, don't, I just don't get 
why they keep doing the same thing over and over again when they keep getting the same result from doing it. So yeah, that's basically my take. Thanks, Matt, for the call. Yeah, quick, very quickly on that. I mean, pressure situations defensively have been pretty abysmal for over a month now. Eight hundred three five fifty. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you when we come back. We'll get to Tuesday tears after the fact, so we have plenty of time for calls. Open phone lines still. Also, if you want to get in, Jody Biasi, extra point Joe, sell off today and through the week. This is WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.